That's like the funnest part of the whole thing is like when your vision just like comes to life completely and it was my own design. It was something that was uniquely made by me. My assistant was like geeking out at me, like jumping in the kitchen, like so excited for how it was turning out. And that's like the most, I know you're seeing me like get so excited about this. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. And on this episode, we're going to be interviewing Amanda Keeney from the account Signature Sweets by Amanda. I found her Instagram account, Signature Sweets by Amanda, and the cakes, the the desserts, the cookies, the just everything looked amazing. Uh, she's doing great work. She does wedding cakes. She's been super busy. So, like, we were we were actually trying to get this interview lined up, and right, like, she said that. The weekend before, like, we're in the interview, and, like, the weekend before, she said she did something like nine weddings one weekend. Just nuts. Uh, She's kicking ass. So she's Signature Sweets by Amanda. uh, In most places, Instagram, uh, SignatureSweetsByAmanda.com. On this episode, we talk about, we kind of get into, like, culinary, like, how to make cakes, how, like, her process of making cakes, how she got started making cakes, the origin story. Um, We talk about also some, like, small business practices that you should take. Uh, A lot of people want to expand their business and grow as fast as possible. She's taking kind of a different approach, and I think probably the more reasonable approach, uh, and that's to kind of, like, stay as small as possible and, like, just build and build and build. Her strategy with her small business is not so much let's expand and get this huge kitchen and huge warehouse and instead let's like make the best product possible uh, and stay as small as possible for as long as we can. Um, It's a great conversation. Business, cakes, cookies, desserts, what's not to love. Okay, underlaying. Uh, I'm rambling now. Let's get to the episode. So I present to you Amanda Keeney. Uh, okay, so I'm here with Amanda Keeney. Amanda, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, so if you want to give us a quick, just like five minute intro, like who you are, what you're about, what you've been up to. Okay. Uh, well, my business is Signature Sweets by Amanda, and I'm um, mainly in the Northern Virginia area. Um, I grew up in Haymarket area, though, so I provide a lot of desserts to that area. And um, I started my business when I was 15 years old uh, because my grandmother had passed away and I had gotten all of her leftover cake pans and cake books. And I actually didn't know that she baked. I, um, she actually had done my mother's wedding cake. So it was just something, a hobby that I had started and I was afraid to go to uh, college. So I went to um, culinary school because it was the only thing that felt right. What else? <laughs> okay. So you go to culinary school, and then when you say you started your business, like you were, you had paying customers. I would say within the first year, like maybe definitely sixteen, um, I had people who were paying customers. I mean, I have young high school friends that were asking me to make birthday cakes for them. So um, I definitely didn't do it at my own expense, but legally, I'd say everything was legal by two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Nice. So. Okay. So first, I mean, like, yeah, paying a paying customer is a paying customer. So you, I mean, had you always, had you always been into baking as a little girl, or, or like, was it just something that you were like, once you got those baking pins from your grandma, like it was, you like. Let's, right. Let's that get, was literally like, that was it. Like mm-hmm. I just started taking Wilton classes. Like I went through, I have 1980s books that are like torn apart. I have pictures of um, 
drawings of what my grandma had planned to do for cakes, which was super cool to see. I have them all saved and with little letters of um, packing lunch to my dad or something. Um, but I vaguely remember getting like an easy bake oven when I was a kid and my mom making chocolate chip cookies. And literally my favorite part was licking the bowl, which is something that I like do all the time. <laughs> um, my favorite thing to do is lick the bowl <laughs> to taste everything. So. Perfect. so you went to culinary school. Uh, I always ask this like with chefs or I mean, even in my industry in filmmaking, like there's always a debate, like, do you need to go to film school? Do you need to go to culinary school to make it or to like to get the job that you want? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Or like at the time, what did you think of culinary school? At the time, I felt like it was needed just because, I mean, my parents were pressuring me to go to college. I have a little bit of social anxiety, so I was afraid to, you know, step out of my shell and meet people and, you know, be in a different environment. And um, I, it just felt like I was supposed to do that. Um, personally, after graduating, I realized I couldn't even make it in the industry to pay my bills and, you know, just to survive. So I just kept doing what I was doing just to make ends meet. And I also had part-time jobs along the way as well. And, um, but I don't, I definitely don't think that you need culinary school to, I mean, at least to do what I'm doing right now. And you couldn't, I mean, you were in, I mean, cause you, it sounds like they were, I mean, I think that's every kid. They just try to like, your parents kind of funnel you right. into the college education system or like, right. you know, what are you doing after high school? Or like, even when you're like, I want to do this with my degree and like, what are you going to do with that? Or like, were you, did you have the intention of, I'm going to go to culinary school and then I'm going to start my own bake shop or I'm gonna start my own I like had kind of done it a little bit along the way so like it just I fell right into it really um I think a lot of people have this stigma of I have to have a college degree um and I have to go to college um but doing going to Stratford really helped me with um a good foundation of knowledge I think it's definitely helped me I see I have people who work for me who you know they may not know how to do this or how to do that and that was my foundation at the culinary school so yeah people talk about with going to school that you learn discipline at mm -hmm. least, or you learn to like stick with it or you can like if you can stick with it for two years at a culinary school you can probably make, right. it, make it in a kitchen at least yeah so you couldn't find a job after after culinary school, I had I had plenty of offers, but okay. it was not going to with how expensive it is in this area to live. I had already been moved out of the house at nineteen, so um, I knew that I just needed to. I was waitressing. I actually have waitressed for probably ten years before last year, and I was waitressing on the side as well as making cakes for people. So okay, and then it just it just kind of happened word of mouth that the cakes sides mm -hmm. start to really pick up. And then about four or five years ago, I really got into weddings and um, the amount of um, people that I've met, vendors that I've became great friends with. And it's just the referrals just in that alone is enough for me. So, yeah. And I mean, when did you start to see that, you know, you're okay, you were waitressing these last 10 years. Like, when did you start to see like, the cake side is really starting to pick up. Like people are actually really like digging my pastries and like, okay, maybe I can make this a full-time thing or maybe I can go beyond that. 
um, I think about three years ago was when I really noticed. I actually had only been working, uh, I think, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as a waitress. And then on the weekends instead, before I used to work weekends and weekends for cake. So it was double um, crazy for me. And um, then after that, I, I mean, last year I stopped waitressing. Uh, in May. So, I mean, it's very recent that I stopped, but I've literally been doing this full time now and it fills up my schedule completely. So. Yeah. Right as you walked in, you said you had just done six weddings yes. in one day. Yeah. How do yeah. you, like, how does it, like, it's a lot of planning. It's you, like, yeah. How do you not mix up cakes? How do you like, have you ever messed up or like 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 mix cakes um, up or like mix times up you, you so um i think i told you about so i think it was about two weeks ago i actually had a bride give me their wrong date for their wedding and so i got a message from one of my local friends who's a vendor and she asked me um if i was doing the wedding that day and i said no the wedding's tomorrow no big deal and she was like the wedding's today like, and I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> and thankfully, I had already had the top three tiers done. The only issue that I was really worried about was that I didn't have the four, the bottom tier done, which is the stability of the cake. So when traveling with the st stable part of the cake, not fully hardened and, you know, settled, it can, could have been rough. Um, but the I just had to it was 12 o'clock so I didn't get the cake there till six thankfully I had the cake done in two and a half hours though I just needed it to freeze and refrigerate like everything needed to be nice and cold for me to stack it so um but thankfully it was saved the bride still I don't know if she would ever hear this but the brides probably wouldn't even know it was her yeah I mean they had their cake at like eight o'clock nine o'clock so right right okay wow but yeah you're having to coordinate not only with the bride, but with the venue, with mm -hmm. the, I don't know, maybe the, even the photographer, or just like how much coordination goes into like the day of a wedding? Um, I mean, on their end, on the coordinator's end, a lot. But just for me, I have to plan out like an hour or so to get to a certain place and an hour back. So some of them, if they're close together, then I can bring two along the way. Um I actually had to do a delivery in the morning at 10 a.m. yesterday. That's when they started. And then I had to actually coordinate one from yesterday for Friday. One, a Saturday wedding, I've delivered Friday night. And they had a fridge on site. So I usually like to see if they have a little bit of flexibility with me. I'm great mm -hmm. friends with some of the coordinators at certain venues. And um, they're super flexible with me. So Yeah, because sometimes they'll give you like a very limited window. Right. To deliver the cake. Exactly. I actually have had brides who want me so bad for their wedding that they have coordinated that I drop off their cake the year, the day before. Okay. So I have one this year that is doing that, that's already prepared to do that. I had one last year that did the same thing. So as long as there's a fridge on site and somebody else is doing the flowers, they're like, we want you. And even in situa some situations, I've had people who want to order a special design from me. And if I know I can't do it, I won't commit. I won't promise, make empty promises. I'm not going to commit to something that I can't do. Um, and I've told them I can't, I can't do this, but this person can. And they've actually said, no, we want you because if we've heard such great things about you. We've seen your reviews. We want you. So we're 
we're open to working with your design. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should back up. How do you okay walk us through the wedding cake process? Because would you say the wedding cake side of your business is a larger part of your business? Or? Right. Okay. The wedding cakes is the largest part of my business than like birthday cakes and cupcakes and donuts. But um, the wedding orders completely. I think one thing that sets me apart from other um, bakeries is that I do full dessert bars. So I set it up and I provide rentals. Um, but for my, for like the first step of when planning a wedding is um, planning to do a tasting. And so um for the tasting process, I actually go to people's homes within a 40-mile radius of Warrington. Okay. So um, I make it personal. I, I With my business license, I can't have people come to my home because of traffic purposes. So um, I just make it easy on them. They don't even have to show up. They just have to be, you know, yeah. be hungry. Wake up. <laughs> be right. Just wake up and be hungry. Okay. Um, so I let them choose a couple of different flavors. And mm-hmm. um, we sit down and we plan out the whole process. It takes about an hour. So. Okay, so that I mean, you bring in the. I got married two years ago, so we we went through that whole process. Mm-hmm. It's like you got the almonds, you got the coconut flavor, you got the, <laughs> like you want buttercream, do you want yeah this kind of filling, that kind of filling, yeah, and then you bring all those samples to them. And have you had a difficult client where they like you bring in the samples and like I don't like we don't like any of these, or we're like we need to start from scratch. Um, I actually have had someone who wa- was very interested in a hummingbird cake and they wanted hummingbird cake with a mango mousse and the mango mousse wasn't something that was on my menu. Um, so we actually had to do a second tasting and I brought those to them um, and they ended up picking that and they loved it. So is it, is a hummingbird cake, is that just a nickname or something? Uh, or it's like? a banana and pineapple cake. It's very similar to like a carrot cake, but with bananas instead. So it can either have like a little bit of like, I personally think because there's cinnamon in it and spices that it could be a little bit more on the fall end. Um, but it also, I think, could be a little more tropical because of the banana and the pineapple. So I've had someone else order it with um, a pineapple jam. And I think it kind of, yeah, pineapple jam and cream cheese mousse. Yeah, which when I tasted it, it reminded me of like if I'm like on the beach in like Jamaica or something or, you know, some someplace tropical. (laughs) So they, okay, so they finally settle on a flavor and then does that go, what's next? Do they go to the design part? Then we talk about the design. Um, I take all of their information for the coordination and for their delivery and everything. Um, And do you want to understand like, their even like their style or like what kind of wedding is this is a minimal wedding is this a boho wedding right just to kind of go with their style sometimes um i get to have full range like full free range when it comes to the design um which even at the end of the day i think while i'm doing a cake design um i'm going to do what's going to make the cake look best regardless so if a bride is dead set on a design and if i'm working on it and it's not working I will probably try to, you know, make it work with, make it look good at least. If it, if it, the bride's design wasn't going to look good, I, I mean, I saved their cake. That's my job, you know, is to make it, make it look nice. Um, but I can kind of work with them. I think for the most part, I have more free range when it comes to birthday cakes, though, for the design process, you know. Yeah. Um, most of the time people get to send me like a photo of something similar of what they're looking for. And I've even had some people just say, do whatever you want. You know, I just want it to look good. So, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to put a pin in that. I want to ask you about that later. Um, so they get that a wedding design and then how far in advance are you 
Look, okay, how far in advance do they book you? And then how far in advance do you start making the cake? Um, usually the weekend or the week before. So like for next weekend, I'll be baking everything for Monday, like Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly best to like put, to wrap each individual cake and have them freeze for like a day or two. So, so everything settles, yeah. makes it a lot easier for carving and cutting. Um, well, they, I mean, have people booked you like a year out? Yeah. So I already have October 12th of 2020 booked. Wow. Yeah. And they booked that about a month or two ago. So, which is a little peace of mind. Yeah. Like you, like, you know what to expect and you're like, okay, that's some business that we'll have in the right. future. Well, I, my most busy times are September and October and May. Like yeah. I had nine weddings one weekend, I think two weekends ago. So wow. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, don't think like, can I do nine videos in a day? Like, right. Nine, I don't know. Yeah. And it's mostly me. I have two people that kind of are part-time people. So I've just mm-hmm. like, I delegate as much as I can, but when they leave, it's still me working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're baking the cakes about a week out mm-hmm. somewhat. you let them freeze, mm-hmm. you wrap them. And these are just either it's like yellow cake or white cake and you are... I watched actually. I watched a whole cake series on Bon Appetit mm-hmm. with uh, with Claire. Okay, I forget her last name, but she did like it was like a, it was great. I, I should send it to you. It's like it was like a twenty minute. I mean, you probably don't need to watch. It, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a twenty. Each video was twenty minutes long. How to make a cake, shape it, shave it, like cut the top off, right? Get the crumb crust. It's a it's a process. It's like, it was like, uh, just uh, and even like she made like a five layer cake or it was right. I yeah. I don't think so a lot much. of people realize how you know how much work and how much time mm-hmm. goes into each cake. I mean it's a it's a long process. So yeah, because at home it's you get the box of cake mix, you put it in the pan, mm-hmm. add whatever your eggs and oil or yeah. water or milk or whatever, and then you bake it. Comes out, let it cool. Right. Take the bucket of icing and just slap it. On <laughs> it. But you're making like five different versions of that for one cake. Right. Like you're baking five stacks of yellow cake and then layering those on top of each other. Right. Plus filling. Plus filling. Sometimes I have people choose two different fillings. Um, Then on top of it, I think the most of the bulk of the time is in the baking the cake, making the filling, making all the buttercream. I think I make about 40 pounds of butter for buttercream like i use that much per week right now yeah i've been buying 50 pound bags of sugar and flour every week so um i feel bad for the local place i'm ordering in my stuff and i I say like costco (laughs) right how do you like i need 50 pounds right yeah i just go in and i raid and i buy like five um i think it's six dozen packs of eggs at a time so it's a lot um all in your home refrigerator? Yeah. Just yeah. Like next, okay. And then just icing everything. I actually like to level off. I have to do an extra process and I level off all of the cakes. So just before I even get to the decorating process, you know, that's just like the most, the bulk of the time. And what's leveling off a cake? What does that mean? Um, so I just like to make the edges really straight and then perfect. So it's just an extra step that I do. Um, it might not be something that everybody else does. I found like a foolproof way. I don't even want to say it, um, because I don't want the people to know my secrets, but, um, it's just a foolproof way to make sure that my cake is going to be even, you know, no layers are going to be crooked. Um, but I just like to square off the cake, you know? And you've got, I mean, and what are the tools that you have when you're kind of, when you're leveling the cake and when you're, 
adding the filling and adding the when you're doing the icing is it i mean they have like those like little pottery wheel right tables yeah. what are those called um, what are those spinning tables called a turntable turn it's table. called a turntable yeah, of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah i use a turntable um spatulas piping bags are really good i like to put like a dam of um buttercream on each layer so it holds in my filling oh, okay just a little secret there i'll give you that nice um but I mean, like if I had pipe, pineapple jam, I can't have the pineapple jam high, coming out of the sides of the cake. Right. So I put the little dam in there and just kind of pack it in. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then are you, I learned, I learned about soaking a cake mm-hmm. as well. Do you soak cakes? I do. I have a, um, I used to use just a pastry brush, but I found this really cool like little squirt bottle um, that's actually for the purpose of simple syruping cakes and it has little tiny little holes in it so I rain I call it raining on each side of the cake so I almost am so confident to the point that I would put it in my contract that their cake's going to be super fresh and moist when they taste it nice. so. I guess for people listening like what is I mean I didn't even know what soaking a cake was like wait why would you make your cake wet and then right like, what, is, what is soaking a cake why, um, why would you do it so, soaking a cake just kind of helps make sure your cake is going to taste um fresh and moist and um pretty much you can use different flavors if you would like like it's a simple syrup which is a one-to-one ratio so if you have a cup of sugar just put it with a cup of water um you would can boil it i microwave it it's a little bit easier just to like get the sugar crystals um soaking through it um, so- soaking through the water, but you can flavor with like hazelnut or um, I've had someone do bourbon, simple syrup, or you can do a Grand Marnier. Like I've seen a lot of liquors in a simple syrup, um, but you can put any other flavorings in it. I do just a vanilla base one. And whatever, just to complement the jam, complement right. the, the cake itself and the icing. Right. I've okay. seen a rum one as well. So it just kind of depends on... Um, what flavor is mm-hmm. on the cake that they chose. And you're not actually soaking the cake. Like you don't want it. Right. Like completely wet. Right. You just, no. Okay. You're just adding a layer of moisture to keep the to cake. To the top of each layer. So it will drain through just a little bit, but just enough so that when it's three days later, when they're cutting the cake, it's going to be fine. It doesn't, and, it doesn't dry out. No. Okay. And really the buttercream is almost like a sealant on the cake so it's not reaching air so it's not going to dry out at all um and then if people choose fondant it's the same thing it's really like a protectant of the Mm -hmm. cake so okay so now we gotta go into fondant fondant is that's like a hardenizing or like that's what you see on the like those cake those crazy cake shows where they're like rolling the green you know yeah it's almost i call it edible play-doh okay yeah oh yeah just imagine it as edible play-doh so and it works just like that too right okay right so you get to you roll it out you have to roll it out um a certain amount of thinness like you can't have it be too thick or too thin or else it'll crack when you're rolling it on top of the cake um it can be molded in all kinds of different ways there's so many different molds out there and it can add some more texture um and design to the cake as well. I have a girl who works for me who likes to make little animals. So I've put her on that job because okay. it's something less that I have to do, yeah. you know. Um, but it take, it's very time consuming mm-hmm. to put those together. So you're, okay, so you said the to- most time consuming part of the cake baking process is obviously baking. You're, right. You're waiting 30 minutes, you're waiting 45 right. minutes. 
what would you say is the most nerve wracking or the, what part you're the most nervous about during the cake making process? Uh, the nerve wracking part is the delivery. Okay. Like absolutely. Like the delivery, like I am like chewing my teeth or my gums or something or my Mm -hmm. lips, just trying to drive these cakes. And I look through my rear view mirror. I have one of the seats down and I am staring at it through the rear view mirror while I'm going over speed bumps, you know, um, when I'm, I'm making a turn, uh, I always have to hang back when to make sure nobody's going to slam on their brakes on me. Um, but there's all yeah. sort of things that can happen in the delivery process. Okay, then let's go. I want to hear the logistics of this now. <laughs> all right, we fin- the cake's finished. It's decorated at your house. How do we get it from your house to the car to the venue? Because like, you, you see the, you know, you watch those Food Network shows and they're like, it's a team. They're like, okay, right. let's go. Got to deliver it. And it's like, ah. Yeah. Um, so there's the best way to carry a cake is to sit it on its, your shoulder um, so it, to not use your bicep strength to hold the cake because it's not going, I mean, depending on how far you're walking, thankfully I don't walk that far to bring it in, but I can't carry a four tiered cake by myself. So, and I actually did yesterday though. Um, but I had to hike it up on my shoulder and the hard part is, is taking it from your shoulder to your bicep strength to put it down. Now you're talking like on your shoulder, like a, like a waiter style. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. Like so you're ten, holding so a tray years of, of waiting actually helped a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. Okay. Yeah. So that's the best way because your, your shoulder is locking it in. So you're not using any of this strength. I mean, and you're like the further out away from your body, the more you're just arms are shaking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did a five tiered cake actually in Fairfax, uh, about two months ago and I only stacked the bottom three tiers and then I put the two tiers separate. I just stand on a ladder and reach out and put one of the tiers on top of the other. And I was shaking and it was in the room while everyone was having cocktail hour, people were watching me and, (laughs) and I had no choice but to deliver during cocktail hour. So, because, um, they were going to plan to move the cake table anyways because of the they had a ceremony indoors. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So that so that's the most nerve wracking part. Uh, I want to go back to when you said let's let's maybe shift to birthday cakes or just go a little broader. You said that when like clients just say like just like make something like make like whatever design you want. Like how do you how do you start that design process? Um, I usually like to take into, you know, take notes of what the person likes. Um, and then I kind of like start drawing and kind of like mold together some of the certain things that they like. I did a, I think it was a 50th birthday cake about four or five months ago. And the guy liked wine. He was a fan of Redskins, um, and all of these other different things I actually I think I added a wine bottle on it and wine grapes and um I'm trying to think of it I put a football on top it was super cool um I had a lot of fun with it and even like yesterday I did a groom's cake and the groom's cake she told me he loved um cooking and he liked um Harry Potter and to travel. So immediately I was thinking a travel bag and a map and he loved Harry Potter. So I'm thinking I can use the snitch as a topper 
and he liked to read. So Harry Potter books were stacked on top of the cake with the snitch on top of that. And then I really oh. wanted to run wild with the, the cooking thing because that's my thing, you know. Yeah. And I've actually never really done like a cake that looks like food. And I made the bottom tier a pot that had spaghetti noodles just like piling out over top of it. And I don't know if you've seen the drip cakes um, that people do. Yes. So I made mm-hmm. marin- I made a ganache to look like marinara and I had it dripping out of the cake and we put meatballs on it. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. And then I stretched it. I love doing the detail. I stretched it a little bit further and I took white chocolate and I grated it over top of the spaghetti. As Parmesan. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then so we made bread rolls, um, a wooden spoon, and then I, we also did macaroni and cheese. So I did another ganache that was like, mm-hmm. you know, the yellow cheesy. Okay, so you wait. So you made macaroni. How did you make the? How do you make the pasta? How did you make the like? Um, how did you make the spaghetti look like spaghetti? So but still be a cake. Well, it's fondant. You're okay. manipulating fondant. Oh, okay. Again, the Play-Doh. Right. The sugar Play-Doh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can manipulate fondant in to make it look kind of like gum paste, which gum paste is a harder version of fondant, so it dries quicker. Um, fondant will dry. It just takes longer, and it could possibly crack. So the gum paste is pretty sturdy. Um, you would be surprised. There's so many things that you can use for making things with for fondant. Um, I found a clay extruder which is kind of like a gun Um, and you can put the fondant inside of it and you can press the gun and it, you can manipulate it with different dyes. They give you different, yeah, kind of very similar to that. And um, they give you different um, shapes that you can push the fondant through. So I had one that was like a tube and I did a bunch of little um, spaghetti noodles. And then I did a thicker one of the um, macaroni noodles and then I just curved them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. So then, so how did that go? Down? So you, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, how long did that take? What are the hours that go into cake like that? Oh, That's like- I mean, I the girl that helped do it. I really think that it took like fifteen hours on this cake. It was very tiny too. It wasn't that big. Yeah, You'd this be surprised. It sounds like a massive cake. It like was like not. A- it was only a tiny three-tiered cake. It only fed forty-six people. Whoa. Yeah. So then, I mean. With designs like that, are you are you perfectly sketching it out on paper, mm-hmm. or is there a little bit of play where you're like you're kind of midway through the process and you're like, wait, what if we did this? Like you kind of have you ever like detoured yeah. in the middle of a cake process? I mean, not something that's like a full design. Like like this is going to be. I was contemplating changing the middle tier of the luggage to the top tier and putting the top tier as the middle tier. So I was thinking about adjusting that. Um, I had written down that I was going to do a chef knife. Instead, I didn't do the chef knife. I did the wooden spoon. I just wanted things to look real. And I it didn't make sense for me to put a chef knife on the table because nothing was being cut as well. So it's like almost they were stirring the spaghetti um, with it. But, uh you know, just for those little extra details, like that Parmesan, that was kind of really, and it, that's like the most, I know you're seeing me like get so excited about this, but that's like the funnest part of the whole thing is like when your vision just like comes to life completely. And it was my own design. It was something that was uniquely made by me. So it was just, I was my 
my assistant was like geeking out at me, like jumping in the kitchen, like so excited for how it was turning out. So, yeah. And are you even thinking about, because with, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a structural thing. The cake is. So are you thinking about, you're not only thinking about the design of it, it's got to look good. Right. It's got to not fall over. Right. So for the structure, um, you really have to dowel each tier. Okay. And little wooden sticks. Yeah, the okay. wood the wooden sticks. And then even I put a wooden stick through all of the tiers. So some people will stack, will put a hole in their little cardboard that each cake is sitting on. And um, they'll slide it through the dowel and have like the dowel screw to the board at the bottom. Does that, you know? So they will, I've seen it done on um, Food Network on one of the cake competition shows where they just like build them and stack them like that. It's a center column. Looks right. Like it kind of skews in between, every, between everything. Right. Okay. Right. So they stack it like that. Um, I don't like to do that. I like to um, shove the thing through the top, the dowel through the top, um, just because I feel like everything has kind of more of a, you know, it's stuck in there. Um, I have to sharpen it with a pencil sharpener to stab it through. But if it has a hole cut in each board, then I feel like the cake has more room to move, even though that it's, probably screwed to the bottom board but um i'm trying to think of some of the wa- i've done like a couple wacky ones but i don't think i've done oh i did a an axe cake okay. so i did an axe cake and this was my first time at doing like any kind of man structural i had to go to home depot and buy this stuff what is an axe <laughs> yeah, um okay. so it was a wooden log with an axe coming out of the top of it. So I had to buy a threaded, help me here. Um, th- it was a threaded um, like metal pipe. Okay. Threaded pipe. A threaded pipe, yeah. Essentially. It mm-hmm. was only like a half an inch or maybe three quarters of an inch wide. Yeah, where it's got the screw, the ability to screw it on the end. Right. Yeah, thread. So I bought pipe. one of those. Mm-hmm. I bought... Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say things that I don't know. Um, but I bought like one of those so that it would be screwed to the bottom of the board. Um, and then so I had to cut it, and I had to buy the things to cut this thing, and it was so strong that I could barely even do that myself. But I took it and I laid it across the table, and I manipulated it and bent it. So then I built the axe. I had stuck it through the cake, and then I had to build the axe coming off of the pipe yeah out of the cake and, you, and do you have like an axe at on hand like are you uh, are you modeling it for, are you just kind of modeling from memory I, I i'm kind of like looking at other pictures online to just get a little bit more of an idea but it was a super cool cake because i actually for making the wooden part of the outside of the um, wood, I melted chocolate. I made like a ganache that was a very thick ganache. So what's in a ganache? Um, for, ganache for is just heavy cream and dark chocolate. Okay. And you can manipulate the, um, the ratio of it. Just some of them will be a little bit runnier for maybe like a drip. Some you can like probably put in the fridge or freezer and roll them into balls and make little truffles out of them. Um, but I folded up some aluminum foil and spread it out. And I had actually poured the ganache on it. And then I lifted up the aluminum foil 
and pressed it against the cake. So I put the cake in the freezer with all of the aluminum foil around the side. And then I peeled off the aluminum foil and it had this texture look that looked exactly like a wooden, like, like a birch. I think I wouldn't like say birch log, kind of like bark, but though. yeah, but like bark. Nice. It was so fun to do. What would you say is the priority when it comes to taste versus appearance for a cake? I, I mean, obviously taste. I mean, there's been so many times where I've seen a beautiful cake and the taste was not fully there. You know, um, I think that I, I have the combination of both um, just based on I, I'm not trying to toot the horn or anything, but just based on feedback, you know, um, but not everybody eats cake. Sure. Okay. So when I, for my people, for my guests or clients, I tell them I would recommend serving only 80% of their guests with cake or dessert. So, yeah. How, I mean, what was it like to develop your, let's say your yellow cake or your white cake recipe? I mean, did you, did your grandma also come with a cake recipe or like how, how did you start with your cake recipe at the very beginning, mm-hmm. how it's evolved into now. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of my recipes have actually been um, adjusted a little bit. And my grandmother's carrot cake recipe is the one true recipe that I use. I use my mother's chocolate cake recipe as well. So um, actually I had to add a cup of flour to my grandma's carrot cake recipe because it was just such a soft cake. It would not have held up in a tiered stacking cake. So I manipulated it. I, you know, played with it a little bit and added a cup of flour to the recipe just so that it would be sturdy enough. Um, But yeah, I actually have like a recipe book, but I worked by myself for so long and I just had somebody start working with me this year that I'm like, oh, by the way, I add a teaspoon of that to this. Oh, I do this to that. So at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. poor girl has to like keep notes of everything. And she has sticky notes on all the recipes like, oh, do this, do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the whole time you're like, you're in your own head. You know how to do it. Right. And then like having to teach someone to do your process. Right. Like, oh. I just need a mini me or a someone to replicate me (laughs) i won't ask you for the recipe but like how i mean how how did it evolve like from when it first started to where it is today it's just like you're getting feedback or like you're tasting it you're testing it you're like are you you know how Mm -hmm. what are you thinking about with your just that you know well just um testing it and just testing if like how i feel about it when i'm stacking it you know like oh, this isn't going to hold up very well. I only have a certain window that the cake is going to be fine for um, and stay cold for before something as dense and heavy would, you know, hold up. I've even, like yesterday, I did my Andy's mint chocolate cake, which I actually took off the menu. And because there's so much melted chocolate in it, I melt the Andy's mints in it. It is not, it's such a soft cake. It's very hard to slice, very hard to fill. I mean, you can imagine crumbs everywhere. And um, I was really concerned about it yesterday when I was stacking it into a four-tiered cake. So, yeah. So you can, when you have things that are stacked on top of that, it's pressing into it. So it's it can bulge at the sides. So... 
Yeah, so I'm just gonna probably remove the cake and maybe offer Andy's mints as like a filling, you know, garnish. Mm, okay. So let's switch. Let's switch gears to your business. Can you talk about like running your business to, in today's world, like with the internet, with Instagram? How do you think like your business fares today versus say if you were to run this business in the 80s or 90s? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Instagram and social media game is just really good for business. And I mean, my grandmother did it for friends and family and she did it um, just on the side. Like, I, I mean, I actually have a little notepad of her costing out. She charged, I think, 80 cents a slice back then for a 68 serving cake. And um, I just really think that there's the whole dynamic and of how we've all evolved. There was a period where everything was a little bit more vintagey looking in the 80s and then it evolved to a lot of fondant cakes. And then now we're back to the simple um, design. But I really think that, you know, social media has helped grow a lot of businesses um, and establish like a need for what I do. I mean, even for birthday cakes, back when I was 10 years old, we just got Costco cakes. Yeah, go to, go to Walmart, <laughs> go to the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's really a trend now to, you know, have something unique so that that person knows that they're being thought about, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, how much would you say like, I mean, do you get a lot of inquiry? You say you say most of your business was referrals or like word of mouth or, you know, a lot of your uh, coordinator friends are recommending you. Mm-hmm. Like what about the internet, the internet side, your website, your yeah. Instagram page, how much business is coming I mean, I would say probably at least 30% of my business is just coming from the internet. And that's, I'm only saying that as a guesstimate because I have so many referrals um, that come to me. So my website actually has a contact thing form that everybody can fill out and they can tell me how they heard about me. And most of the time it's either Google or Instagram, um, or, you know, a client referral uh, of the sort, but, um, yeah. And what's, how do you, I mean, how do you feel about that? How, what's your strategy with your website and with Instagram with keeping up with business and like, how do you, I mean, what's your, what's your approach with, with it? Is there an approach? (laughs) I used to be really, really good at um, my strategy with Instagram. I think like what Mm -hmm. I like to perceive myself as is, and I am um, a very like approachable um, company and approachable person that is like, hey, I'm human too, even though I run this business. Um, But I don't really feel like... I, I do my best, to be honest, when it comes to like posting and keeping everybody up to date about what's going on. I my so my website, I wanted to make it have like be super colorful. And I just I posted my video at, on the page of my website and I wanted people to really see me and understand what this brand is and um, what I do as well. Mm hmm. No, that's perfect. <laughs> no, you, so you like you want to be approachable. You want, I mean, like, it is you. It's not. Just I don't want people to think it's a robot. Like, I just don't want people to think that like I'm this massive company that just yeah, some institution right, or, or a, right. a bakery warehouse. 
I think a lot of people are safe and sound, knowing, especially in the wedding industry, knowing um, that I'm doing their product and it's coming from me and I'm foreseeing it from start to finish. Um, that's one of the things that I actually have a hard time letting go of is other people doing deliveries because I'm just so, I have to be there and I have to foresee it through and just make sure everything's fine. So, Yeah, I want to ask about the relationships you have with your customers. Like how do you, I mean, with you know, with wedding photographers, a lot of them will want to be like in that, in those intimate moments at all times. And it, they feel like the end of the process, it feels like you're almost best friends. Like, how do you approach that? How do you, how do I've you- actually ended up having um, a couple of my brides be like really good friends. I mean, obviously throughout the process or even like best friends afterwards. So um, it's really it's really sweet. Like they all have my phone number. They're texting me left and right, asking me questions throughout the process. And even afterwards, um, it's really nice to just have a build a, like a great relationship with everybody. So. Yeah. And that's, and that's gonna be long lasting too. Like they're going to, I mean, it's, you can think of it from a business side, like, Oh, they're going to give me more business, but just like relationships with people right. is, is great. Even baby, I've even had a couple of baby showers this year that I did their wedding cake. Um, so, and then I have first birthdays. So it's a real long, lifelong relationship, really. So I follow some internet marketing kind of strategy guys, and they talk about, you know, the internet has kind of made us, shr- we've, we've kind of shrunk down a little bit into like our circle. Like we're all exposed. We're all like completely on the record about everything. So it's almost like, you know, the village, like think of like a village in like the 1800s. Like everybody knew each other. Everybody knew the baker. Everybody knew the butcher. And it's like now with the internet, we're kind of able to achieve that again. Right. Where it's not just some faceless chef at Walmart making your cake, you know, squirting out whatever. Oh, <laughs> what's Johnny's birthday. It's, it's like now it's like an actual, it's, right. a, it's a relationship again. Right. So let's talk about the future with your bakery. Or, or as your, I mean, how would, what do you even describe your business as? It's like a pastry business or like I asked you before, like, yeah, I mean, definitely, I would say definitely bakery, but, um, I would say more so a cake designer, but, um, I do call myself a pastry chef. Um, I do have a pastry degree. I actually have a culinary degree too, but I, you know, I would consider myself more so like a cake designer or a baker. Um, Long-term goals, I definitely um, want to open up a storefront. Uh, Just with my personal life, I need to get that settled and have, you know, I just want to do it right. I don't, my goal is to not gun-ho, let's do this and just spend a lot of money and make a lot of bad choices and learn the hard way. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm going to learn the hard way, but I know I have enough following that I would probably be successful. I just want to do it at the right time and be completely, you know, do it slowly and get there slowly. Um, I actually have a Kickstarter going right now and um, I... Really, the goal is to raise $12,000 to renovate and upgrade my kitchen kitchen equipment to be like commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. I um, Larger equipment. And this way you'll be able to kind of make more things. Just kind of scale up a little bit. I have two commercial fridges in my house right now on top of the two other that I have in a freezer. So it's really (laughs) taking over my house. 
Um, but just having, I really want a commercial oven so bad, but I think really I need a sink more. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you were telling me your sink is like a foot wide or Literally, something. my sink is about the size of a small mixing bowl. Okay. Um, like and I actually sink. have like a 30 quart mixer, um, too. So whenever I wash that out, that is my sink really. Okay. So I have to wash out inside of it. Um, I really just could use a three sink compartment just to wash all of my dishes. I think I would wash dishes every single day. I mean, I already wash dishes every single day, but um, I am really trying to focus on, you know, promoting this Kickstarter. And the, I don't think a lot of people really understand that the purpose is for a donation and they receive a reward. They can receive donuts or cupcakes or I'm doing a wedding cake option as well. And even a private lesson with me um, that they're just pledging. So their credit cards aren't being charged until the last final day if I hit the $12,000. So it's all or nothing. And so really it's just kind of it's, I mean, it is crowdfunding. So sharing and making sure everybody's understanding it and aware of it um, has been a little bit slow moving so far. I know a lot of people pay for marketing to um, push it. And yeah, you had a Kickstarter video come out. You had, yeah. And like you've got the full page. Right. It's, it, you're totally running it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just trying to just hit the mark i mean twelve thousand dollars won't be enough but it will definitely help you know um i had other friends who i was asking if i should maybe do a gofundme and um they said that they didn't think that i had anything wrong with me and i was like well businesses do it <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> you not, know not just for it's like not broke, like not charity yeah you know so the the best thing about this is that i get to provide a sweet treat for people and um you know, somebody gets the opportunity to help me out as well. So, yeah. like, I want to, I want to know more about like your idea of scaling, and like, are you, and like, how you came to the idea that you need a Kickstarter because businesses can scale too fast, right. or like, like you said, like they can go full out, get the cake studio, get the industrial everything, and just like, you know, and then they realize like the cakes can't exactly pay for it, like. You're, I think what you're doing is a little more measured. Like right. You're not. I'm, I've been like super measured throughout my whole process. I mean, I bought a house with two kitchens. So now I got to separate my personal and my business life. So um, I needed to, and I've actually scaled a little bit larger in my house, but I'm just trying to be conservative when yeah. it comes to cautious kinda, isn't quite the right word but like, right because cautious means like you're kind of scared a little bit but you're yeah being like i'm being conservative when it comes to it and i just i'm very young i'm 26 years old mm-hmm. so you know i just want to make sure that i'm doing it the right way but i have had dreams and hopes and visions of how i see myself and mm-hmm. um i've had opportunities for people to um, invest in me and I'm not personally there yet or, you know, I'm not there yet completely. And I just want to make sure that my business is being done right in the whole process. But um, this is like a halfway point. This Kickstarter will be like a halfway point for me to get there. It's um, even if I move out and open up a studio or something or open up a storefront, then I already have most of the equipment. So that will save me when I'm there in the future but I've had thoughts of you know having a warehouse 
and then shipping things or, you know, delivering things to a storefront location, if that. But I think if anything, if I like had like a nice warehouse space, just to even have like a larger without like a larger studio without even having a storefront, then that would be great too. That would be another like halfway point, like a little step ahead. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, it's like you could scale your equipment, you could scale the space, but then with that, now you have to even scale your employees mm-hmm. maybe like it's, and then, right. And, and then you get so big that, you know, Amanda isn't making the cakes anymore. Right. She's just making sure that Kelsey, right. Kelsey and Kelly are making the cakes. Yeah. So. I think a lot of people don't realize is how much it costs and how much time consuming it is to be a business owner. Um, I mean, especially for restaurant industries. I mean, I worked for so many restaurants and the amount of cost that goes in it and then trying to see your return is really hard, at least within the first five years. So, um, I mean, for me, the amount of money that goes into it and paying people to do the things, all of the ingredients, all the electricity bills, the equipment, um, it takes a long time to see a return. And um, like, I don't, I don't pay myself to be honest, (laughs) I don't pay myself. So, I mean, I pay the people to help make things happen and I pay, I make sure my bills are paid Mm -hmm. and that's that. I just do it just because I love to do it, you know? Yeah. No. And that, I mean, that seems to someone outside the business world, that seems like ridiculous. Right. But people who are in the business world, they understand about Mm -hmm. not paying themselves. You watch the, um, shark shark tank show yeah there's so many people on that show that say that they don't pay themselves you know that they just kill themselves and work so hard just for the vision and just for the dream and they don't you know they don't pay themselves it's very common to be a business owner and just i'm just making sure that you know my things are covered and the water still turns on right well not still you know what i mean (laughs) it's not the it's not not rough no like on the brink but it's like but some could be like that. I mean, they're like, they don't pay themselves, or right. or they're or they're taking what they would pay themselves, mm-hmm. and they're just reinvesting it. Like right, you're buying new equipment. Right, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I would rather do. I would rather the money go towards my company, mm-hmm. you know, and making it grow than yeah. you know something else. So yeah, because I mean, if you like, oh, I want a new car, mm-hmm. or I want to like go on vacation. It's right, like, <laughs> foolish, foolish move. Um, yeah, because you're, I mean, you said, because you're now, how many years are you into this officially? Or like, as Signature Suites? As like, Signature Suites, next year will probably be a 10-year anniversary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you're just- Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> that feels like, that. I feel old. <laughs> need to make a birthday cake But um, Yeah, I have to make a perfect cake. But really, what, 14 years? 15 years? 14? Yeah. No, no, not 14. Oh, if you started at 11, 11, I started at 15. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, that can seem like, wow, you've been at this for 10 years and you're just now thinking of scaling up. Or you're just now going to mm-hmm. get like, like that, you know, it takes time. It does. It's, it's not just like, I'm going to get a million dollars of right. investment funds and just, you know, go, right. go build this huge warehouse or, you know, build this cake empire. Yeah. But it's like, if you, I mean... The way you're doing it, it seems like small, measured, slow, but steady growth. Right. That's how a lot of people, I think, fail. And like this year, I am over 100 weddings. So I have over 220 orders on the books for the year. 
And then last um, two years ago, I had 36 weddings. So that just shows how much I've grown. Um, last year I did 78, I think. So it's just, I'm growing a little bit. I mean, I tremendously between two years, really. Um, so just, I'm trying to keep up with my, my growth a little bit, but I just want to, I don't, that's how just so many people fail. I had a business person come over to my house the other day and he mentioned, Amanda, you can get a $50,000 loan. You can get a $100,000 loan, like nothing. And it does not appeal to me to take out this much money for, you know, things that, you know, I just don't want it to be temporary. I want my business to be a purple, yeah. permanent staple and in would, the area. They, and you they know? would give you that money. Oh, absolutely. They would give you a hundred thousand dollars. Like, build your kitchen. Yeah. Let's get right. your studio. Yeah. Yeah. It. So I just want to do it little by little um, and hoping for the help of some people. And at least I'm working for it. You know, I've never felt good about, you know, taking money from people, I guess you could say, I don't want to say it's taking money, but I've never felt good about doing that. So it makes me feel better knowing that I'm providing a service in exchange for a donation. So mm -hmm. yeah, your Kickstarter, it's almost not even, it's not a donation. It's almost like you're just right. Like you're the, I have to count it as sales. So <laughs> yeah, the rewards you're, you're putting out there are, it's almost like you're just buying a product. Exactly. From, because the amount of time that I'm having to use or to do everything and then also ingredients to make everything, you know, at the end of the day, it really is like me providing, it's just, I had to mark it up a little bit just so it would be more of a donation, you know, than just the, because of the cost of ingredients and everything in time. So. Okay. Well, uh, Amanda, this has been great. Uh, if you want to like, tell us what's going on, like, uh, social media website, where can we find your work? Uh, where can we find more about this Kickstarter project like tell us tell us all yes um you can visit me on instagram at signature suites by amanda and uh the link for the kickstarter is in my profile um everything for all of my contact information is all signature suites by amanda so signature suites by amanda.com if you want to email me and reach out at gmail.com um so and you can follow me on facebook at signature suites by amanda awesome well amanda thank you for being on the show thank you so much for having me Okay, so that was Amanda Keeney, Signature Suites by Amanda. To give a quick update to her Kickstarter campaign, it's now over. I'll link the project so you can kind of check it out. But she got 138 backers who pledged $14,450. All that money's going to go towards building your kitchen, getting her a commercial oven. We're super excited for her, and we wish her all the best. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Jordan Anderson. If you want to go on iTunes or your Apple podcast, leave a review give it you know whatever five stars four stars two stars one star whatever you want to do leave a review it helps kind of boost up the podcast get it to the top that's about it guys for this episode thanks for listening we'll see you next week